Brought to you by Mountaineer fans, for Mountaineer fans, the Country Road Webcast. What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Welcome into Season 5, Episode 144 of the CRW Podcast, our TCU Preview and Predictions Edition. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Cruz, joined by my co-host, Steven. How's it going, everybody? And of course, we're going to dive in on the Mountaineers' homecoming matchup against the TCU Horned Frogs, the undefeated top 10 ranked in the nation, Horn Frogs, top team in the Big 12, coming to Morgantown, and we'll dive in on that matchup as we progress throughout this episode. But before we get into uh, the WVU football game specifically and some Mountaineer football talk, let's dive in on a little off-topic babble. All right, so off-topic babble here is where we like to dish on anything, you know, going on outside of uh, really podcast topics, I guess, you know, college football, Mountaineer football what we've been doing, you know, life experiences, what we've been watching, uh, whatever, you know, we want to talk about really in this uh, segment. And uh, that being said, Stephen, what's been going on, man? Oh, uh, you know me and my shows, man. I've been, uh, oh, been yeah. trying to catch up and, and start new shows. I, uh, I've been, I've had a few friends that have been begging me to start Game of Thrones for quite some time now. So I finally got around to, to starting that one. It's slowly uh bringing me in i guess there was an episode of house of the dragon that they showed me and then and naturally you know you watch a show and so you got to go watch the whole series of Um, course but uh but other than that um got plans i guess now to go down to key west in a few months so that's exciting oh okay Uh, but uh i see you but other than that not too much going on my way that's what's up man that'll be nice when you going uh we're supposed to go in february i think we're going to push back to may i believe i think the oh, sweet. the date set better with everybody but uh yeah, pretty excited i've never been south of miami and that was of course whenever i went down there for clemson west virginia so oh yeah it's beautiful man it's beautiful down there for sure that'll yeah. be a good time that'll be a good time yeah i'm excited yeah man i feel that yeah game of thrones man i don't know see i've i literally have tried probably at least three four different times maybe even five to try and watch it. And I just couldn't get past like the first or second episode. I don't know. For I guess it's just like, I think it's personal taste thing. Cause I know it's like a great show yeah. if I could get myself into it, but something about the medieval time, I've never really just been able to get into much from that period. Really? I guess. It's kind of, it's, it's strange because it, not really that it's the same time period or anything, but I, I've always enjoyed anything in the past, like that precedes my life. So like yeah. anything that's, I, I feel that's that, set me, yeah behind that point i've I don't, i've always found a fascination with no matter what what time period it may be so i don't know that's I, true that's i'm like that for the most that's part. really why yeah that's really why i like the uh the movie if you've ever seen it the count of monte cristo that's also a really good movie oh yeah classic classic i love that absolute one. classic yeah absolutely absolutely yeah I, I feel you though talking about like one episode just getting you into it because like that's what happened to me with sons of anarchy i'd literally never seen the show and it was like in the, its last season like the seventh season and uh i think one of our friends uh mikey got me to watch it actually i think that's who it was and yeah. uh i was like i started watching it and i watched the whole seventh season never seen any you know didn't really know too much was going on but i was still awesome even that so then went back and watched it like all the way through from the first season and it instantly became like my favorite show of all time still is i've rewatched that show probably like 
five or six times. So, yeah, Game of Thrones maybe end up being one of your favorites then because I know that's how I got into that show. It was like coming in late and then going back. Yeah, no doubt. That's another show, actually, that some people have been trying to get me to watch is uh, oh, Sons man, of Anarchy. But oh, it's amazing. I, I really – I think I would enjoy it once I got got into it, kind of sort of like I did with Breaking Bad. Didn't really like it right. at first. Then then loved it as I got you know more into it. Uh, but I don't know. There's something about biker gangs. I've just never been – yeah, yeah, I wouldn't have thought I would have either, but really, but I don't know. It it just it hooks you, man. It's it's really good. Like the writing's stellar, and the way, especially like once you get into it, the way it develops from like the beginning to the end, how Kurt Sutter like tied everything all together. You could tell he like had a plan for the show from the start, and that's why he only did like seven seasons because he already knew what he was going to do with it, and it was it was good, man. I really I do love it, man. Special. Well, you know, I'm a fan of uh, creative vision of over anything in film. So oh yeah, I might have to give oh, yeah, that a for try. Sure. Have to check it out, man. You'll do it. Do yeah, it. Man. Definitely. That's the next one after Game of Thrones. You'll have to have to let that have to check it out for sure. Yeah, I'll put um, that in the queue. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, definitely do it. Definitely do it. Yeah, I haven't really been I don't think I've really watched anything this past week really too much. I guess I've been working a lot this past week, but I'm definitely uh gonna hopefully in the next few days start watching, you know, Halloween. I'm gonna run through the marathon, watch them all 13, the first one through the 13th one. Gotta do it. You know, Halloween coming up. Uh, Mountaineers playing on Halloween weekend this year. So I'm going to do that. And, uh, you know, I've been wa- trying to get some fall movies in. You know, I th- usually when I go to sleep at night, I'll throw something on TV that I've already seen before since I know I'm going to fall asleep anyway. So I've just been trying to throw on some fall stuff. I've thrown on, like, uh, I know one night Jade wanted to throw on that Halloween town, had that on there. Uh, Beetlejuice. <laughs> you ready to say a joke there. about that? <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, you know, you're watching there. Halloween and I'm over here watching Halloween town. Right, <laughs> Beetlejuice, uh, Hocus Pocus one night. Um, what else was on there? Uh, the Frighteners with Michael J. Fox, that was a good one from the 80s. So that's, I mean, I've really been watching uh, too many new things. I want to get to see Black Adam, I know that came out, haven't got to watch it yet. But one thing that did break that I was excited about is a couple things really because you know, I love DC, big DC guy, especially Superman and Henry Cavill officially confirmed coming back as Superman, Man of Steel 2, probably in the works, Man of Steel. Maybe my all-time favorite film. If I mean, it's definitely top three. So I'm super excited to see that come back. And then uh, James Gunn, you know, that made Guardians of the Galaxy and then made the new Suicide Squad movie and the Peacemaker series. He is uh, named the head of DC Studios, the newly filmed nice. DC Studios with the new head they have at Warner Brothers. So, yeah, hopefully some uh, good new things coming from DC. Um, so we'll see how Black Adam was. But uh, Henry Cavill coming back and James Gunn taking over some hype for DC. So I definitely want to go check out Black Adam. That's pretty much what's on the agenda for me. Uh, fall movies and getting excited for some DC Comics products, I guess. Yeah, I've I've really been wanting to see that Black Adam too. But yeah. I, man, I want to say, isn't Henry Cavill like the most perfect embodiment of Superman? Dude, at least he, like in the face. Man, I was like, <laughs> I was gonna be so upset if he didn't come back. He's he's like tailor made, like he was born to play that role, dude. No doubt, man. No doubt. I didn't realize yeah. that uh, the guy that was directing the the Peacemaker movies and a couple of those others that was the same one that directed the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Yeah, yeah, and he's still that. doing the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy three. I'll speak. Nice. Did you see the? Uh, they're having that uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. The trailer just dropped uh, today. Yeah. one. It's coming out on Disney. It'll be Plus like a fifty five minute or so. Yeah, it's supposed to lead into the Guardians of the Galaxy three. It looked pretty funny. They're going to go try and get uh, Kevin Bacon for Star Lord since he loves uh, Footloose. <laughs> They come nice. and try and kidnap Kevin Bacon for him for a Christmas present. I like that. I like that. I, was, I, was, yeah, so, I like I like anything Guardians of the Galaxy. I think <clears throat> I wouldn't say that they're my favorite in the MCU, but it's just that the, the comedy's great. They got <laughs> some yeah. of my favorite scenes in in all of the movies are from those movies just because of the comic relief. And I love Same. I love when they bring comic relief into the MCU, and that's also what I loved about Peacemaker. Yeah, Peace Peacemaker was so funny. That's one of the funniest like shows I've seen because you don't really get many comedies today nowadays anymore. They just don't make them anymore because like any joke you make offends somebody or something. So they just like you hardly get any comedies anymore, especially like there's rated R ones. So that's why I love Peacemaker. I was like, we don't really get stuff like this anymore. Yeah, people don't really get too too edgy anymore with no with no. And very rarely do you see it anymore. Not not as often as you did like when we were growing up. You know, in the nineties, it was all the time. Early two thousands. For sure, oh, it was yeah. all the time. Oh yeah, like, especially early two thousands. Think about the movies and things that came. A Jackass. That Jackass oh, could yeah. not. I mean, <laughs> no, had like, they not made those lie. movies like, back then, the they wouldn't have been it. able to keep making them. Yeah, like absolutely, I agree. 
Yeah, it's a whole different climate now. The things that we got to grow up with, man. That what a time to be alive. I'll just say. That's why, I'll just say that's that. why we're always so so nostalgic for like the old properties. That's why we see so many reboots and stuff. Because like, I don't know, stuff was better back then, in my opinion. But I guess that's us getting old. I guess that's how everybody feels once you yeah. get old. You're like, oh man, in my day it was so much different, so much better. Which I mean, like you've noticed that over generations. Like I, I noticed that once when we were growing up, like when adults were our age you know when we were the kids i would notice them they're like well you guys are just playing with toys that came out and they re-released them yeah and i'm like what it's always like history repeats itself always it does man it's crazy it's crazy i'll speaking of um uh, history repeating itself uh and we're talking MCU. Did you see the Ant Man trailer? They dropped that too. That's uh, made me think no, of that as well. Another thing I needed to watch. Oh I watched, yeah, I seen, yeah. Uh, the Black Panther two trailer though. I did see. You that. need to check that because you seen you seen Loki right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. That's my you favorite. Know the, you know. Yeah. The dude that shows up in Loki. He's in the Ant Man trailer, and that's he's Kang. Like because that was a variant oh, of Kang, Kang that was Conqueror. in Loki. And yeah, so Kang the Conqueror is in the trailer for Ant Man, and like he's going to be you know the next. Uh, big villain there, you know, for we'll like see what's crazy the Kang is, Dynasty and stuff before uh, they go into Kang, Secret Wars. Kang that's in Loki isn't the Kang that's going to end up being. Yeah, know, it's a, that's a different variant. Yeah, like the right. the one that they show in the Ant Man trailer looks different and stuff. He's got the scars on his face and everything, just like uh, the Kang from the comics and stuff. Bro, I'm so excited! I'm just as excited for that as I was for yeah, the yeah, Evil Doctor Strange. That the MCU is about to kick up. I mean, like I said, good stuff coming from DC, but that's, you know, farther down the road. MCU is like coming soon. Got Ant Man coming soon. Uh, Black Panther's, what, like two weeks away. So definitely some good. uh, We'll have some good comic book movies to talk about on Off Topic Babble in the future. We'll have to make plans to go see Black Panthers too, dude. I'm I'm excited about that one as well. I want to see what they do with that. Yeah, we should do it. We should go to one of the nice theaters, Blacksburg or something like that. Blacksburg, Christiansburg, Beckley. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, our movie theater down here at Mercer County, not the best, not the greatest. Yeah, so if anybody that works or owns that place that listens to our podcast, I know very highly unlikely, um, fix your theater, but also if you want to sponsor us, yeah. that's cool too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that'd be nice. Maybe that'll help you guys too. Maybe they don't have the money for They need it. I mean, the sound not. and stuff's terrible. Yeah, well, I mean, if you want, I mean, I'll, I'll go the there. I'll go there on, you know, more just because it's convenient, but if, if I have the opportunity, I'm going Beckley, Christiansburg, Blacksburg, anywhere else really just no doubt. It's that yeah it's that i don't think i've been i don't think i've been back to to bluefield in like two maybe three years it's been maybe been, yeah. maybe longer i don't than blame that. you i don't blame you at all no it's not a fun time no no well you know we're uh we're off the rails dude like always oh yeah we're not anywhere close to mountaineer football about right now <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, we're we're just all over you know you know how we do but hey that's Hopefully what i'll talk about this stuff yeah hey, you know there's always there's a place for everything for sure. I think. What is there to the, talk about Mountaineer football? That's what I want to know, Cruzy. Hey, well, is there anything? We can, uh, there's some Mountaineer things we can talk about. And speaking of, uh, great segue right into Mountaineer news. All right, so Mountaineer news here is where we like to dish on Mountaineer football and Mountaineer basketball news, respectively, that's coming out. Um, so basketball season right around the corner, Stephen. That means we do have some uh, basketball news coming up. So uh, what do you got for us this week? Absolutely. Uh, so actually this Friday, West Virginia has their first uh, exhibition uh, slash scrimmage against Bowling Green, which to my knowledge was going to be their first uh, their first live action. But uh, I'm always naive when it comes to this time of year because I forget things and I forget that they have a quote-unquote top sc- uh, secret scrimmage. Uh, was ron- reminded by a tweet from Mountaineer Paul earlier, which I'm going to just read for you guys verbatim. Uh, it says, for those who are interested in the WVU versus Dayton scrimmage, WVU led as many as by as many as 17 points and won by double figures. Um, Emmett Matthews led in scoring. Wagyu uh, looked good on the boards. Trey Mitchell didn't play, neither did two of Dayton's best. Um, so obviously very vague information, um, which is what's to be expected from a top secret scrimmage i guess but uh just to have that information that's pretty cool so uh, i want to shout out mountaineer paul and thank you brother for giving that information but other than that if you want to see them play get out to the coliseum this this friday night be a good opportunity if you are going up for the game on saturday you can go up on friday night enjoy the game uh you know obviously stay over and then get up for uh early kickoff at noon on saturday uh for tcu but other than that 
we're about a week and a half away from from actual tipping off so we're going to be getting you some uh some uh, country roads webcast hoops here in just a couple of days so be on the lookout for that guys oh yeah i'm excited for that one crw hoops pod kick, tipping off i guess hey. i should say instead of kicking off uh basketball lingo tipping there off, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, tipping off. The uh, super secret scrimmage, though, you know, at least uh, some good things coming out about that. Sounds like Emma Matthews' uh, scoring's getting back. Uh, you know, they said he's hitting the, hitting some shots. I think him, you know, playing the – I think he's going to be playing the three more instead of four like they had to have him play previously and having him play the three and even maybe the two some. I think that's going to be beneficial for him, especially if he's shooting the ball well. Because it sounds like, you know, the big yeah. men are going to be covered down there with, you know, Wagyu and Jimmy Bell Jr., Trey Mitchell – Sounds like they got plenty of bodies to where Matthews really won't shouldn't have to play the four this time around. I don't think. That's the thing. I think that um, you know his role has significantly changed from the last time he was at WVU, and I think that's a a large positive to his role that he can play. Because when you went when he went out to Washington, he played more of that three role. You know, could score a lot, of, get a lot more opportunities to score easier. I guess I should say. Um, and then you know, like. Like you said, you get bodies down low. You're going to be able to rebound the ball a lot better, hopefully, than you did last year. And I yeah. think, I think that's only going to bode well because, you know, I know that it's said every year by Huggy Bear, but I really truly think that this team is going to be able to make shots because if you look at some of these guys that's transferred in, they all have the ability to make those shots. You know, Eric Stevenson, Eamon Matthews, a lot of those guys. I mean, they're tested and they've got a lot of film on them, so. I'm a, I'm truly optimistic about this year for a lot of reasons, but uh, yeah, the more I hear about the team, I am too, man. I think that they're going to be really good on defense too, because from what I hear, when they put Kedry and Johnson and uh, Tucson out there both, and they're really wreaking some havoc. And I've heard they've been doing a little uh, pressing as well. I mean, I'm not trying to take away from CRW Hoopspot and get into it too much here, but you know, I'm <laughs> getting a little excited myself, even so. Yeah. It's hard not to talk about them sometimes, man. When you look in, you read in the between the lines and you see, you know, a, a little bit of what we didn't have last year and you hear about them pressing a little bit. Now, obviously, they're not going to be press Virginia, but, right, you know, they're going to if you mix it in a little bit and you get teams uncomfortable. That's going to be it's going to be fun to watch. I always enjoyed watching it. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to see it, you know, make, make its way back in some capacity for sure. So, uh, I guess we won't get too too much further down that road, but to hear more, you know, discussion on that, be on the lookout for the uh, CRW Hoops Pod coming in, Absolutely. you know, next next week or so probably. So uh, be on the lookout yep. for that. And uh, that being said, I guess it's my turn to dive in on some uh, Mountaineer football news. All right. So one of the main things, I guess, to talk about football news-wise is the injury bug. We all know West Virginia was hit with it hard. Um, you know, they were struggling with it a little bit going into – the game against Texas Tech and then really was hit with it even harder in that game. And they're going to be um, a little shorthanded for this contest against TCU, to say the least, I think. So um, as far as the injury report, left tackle Wyatt Milam questionable, but they're thinking he's probably going to be able to play. Running backs, Tony Mathis is going to be out for this game. Won't see him. Justin Johnson, questionable, may not play as well. So you're definitely looking at C.J. Donaldson starting. Maybe Justin Johnson backing him up if uh, he can get healthy in time. If not, uh, Jalen Anderson is also dressing, so we may get to see Jalen Anderson get his first action in a regular season game as a Mountaineer, the redshirt freshman running back there, a four-star recruit out of Ohio, a pretty big uh, running back recruit when he came in. And there's been questions about, you know, where he had, where he's been and stuff. Well, he's got a chance now to hopefully step up and uh, make some plays and get a chance to play there with um, Justin Johnson and C.J. Donaldson, or at least with C.J. Donaldson, we'll see what happens with Justin Johnson, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the Mountaineer backfield with Tony Mathis out and Justin Johnson questionable. Also on the offensive line, I said Wyatt Milam, you know, questionable, but they're hoping he will play. James Committer will be out again for this game, so missing your left guard and possibly your left tackle. Defensively, cornerback Charles Woods, questionable, but he's going to be available. Still not going to play a full, you know, game. They're going to only play him a few plays. Wesley McCormick, also questionable, may not play. And Rashad Ajayi, who has been starting all season at corner, is out for the Mountaineers. So the Mountaineers secondary that's been struggling for most of the season has several players out for this game. So that's something you want to keep an eye on, definitely, when you're going up against the explosive offensive TCU that you'll be facing. You know, getting hit with the injury bug at this time kind of hurts the Mountaineers. And, you know, uh, other than that, Lance Dixon out at linebacker for the Mountaineers as well. And then Sean Martin hopefully will play 
So that's a bit of the update on injury news for the Mountaineers. Other than that, football news, we can take a look at some of the other games around the conference just to get a preview of the conference slate. Around the conference at noon, we'll have Oklahoma taking on Iowa State on Fox Sports 1. Oklahoma currently favored by one in that game. Then at 3.30, we will have number nine, Oklahoma State at 6-1 going on the road to Manhattan, Kansas to take on the Kansas State Wildcats who are currently ranked number 22 and 5-2 and two on the season. That's going to be televised on Fox. Kansas State favored by one and a half. And then the nightcap in the Big 12 will be Baylor taking on Texas Tech in Lubbock, both those squads at four and three. That's going to be on ESPN2. Texas Tech currently favored by two and a half. And then, of course, you've got the game at hand here that we're going to dive in on in a preview briefly and that is number seven in the country, TCU, at 7-0, and coming into Morgantown for the Mountaineers' homecoming game. West Virginia 3-4 and on the season. This one's going to kick at noon on October 29th. This one will be on ESPN. TCU currently favored by 7.5. That's pretty much all I've got as far as Mountaineer football news is concerned there. Yeah, can you tell me who is playing? Oh, <laughs> uh, Yeah, it might be quicker for me to do that, huh? I was going to say. It's uh, it's a little rough out there. It's going to be a little light for the Mountaineers. I really hope that this game isn't going to be like that, but I can nearly remember in 2012 what playing TCU was like. Yeah, I know. Not a fun time. <laughs> and Well, you know, that was what? What was that, like a final score, 40 to 14 or something like that? So I don't Yeah, I, don't I can remember it was not pretty. I, I don't know. I was actually Wait. there with uh, – I can't remember who I went to that game with, but I ended up sitting on the, on a, the literal opposite – side of where we sat like not just the opposite we were you know we usually sit on the student section side we were sitting on the press box side but in the uh the corner down there near the touchdown terrace seats i don't know how we ended up there but that's crazy <laughs> the heck and just i remember that game felt so weird like was, was that the one where uh dana high-fived uh trevon boykin no he actually did that down at uh he did that oh was that at, at in fort worth oh okay uh, 2012 was the game I was talking about. Was the year? Oh, that we, okay, okay. The where we started all six and overtime with Texas Tech, and then was it that overtime? was an over, overtime game? I think yeah. Because no, the one I, I remember I was in 2015, uh, and we lost. We lost. I don't know what game are you talking about. No, 2012 was when we had uh we had Tavon, and that one because that one went to overtime. Because I remember I was in Tennessee at the Dixie Stampede, listening to that one on earbud because I started watching it in the hotel room before we had to go over there and then uh, ended up going to overtime. We had a lead. They came back. Tavon ran a punt back to for- force overtime, I think. And then in overtime, they ended up winning, converting a two point conversion. But that was the one where the guy didn't catch it. There's like a complete picture of it. I think it's actually on my Instagram from back in the day. The guy doesn't catch it. Like the ball's through his hands and laying on the ground, but they said he called it and TCU won by one or two points or something like that. I think in overtime. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of then. I think it was yeah, – it would have been – Oh, yeah, 39-38, yeah. sec- two overtime. 39-38, okay. double overtime, yep. The one I'm that's thinking funny. of is Kansas State. It was right before – the week right before that, and we got blown out 55-14. to 14. Oh, 55-14. to That's – oh, dude, I, you know what? Funny story about that is I actually remember going um, – our friend Cody was living in, in Morgantown. You know, I ended up moving in with him into that – same place that he was actually living at that time a few, a few months later when I re-enrolled it back at WVU. But I remember going to that game, uh, got tickets, you know, because, you know, 2012 season was hype. I got tickets and went up. Uh, me and uh, our friend Garrett, me and Garrett went up, went to the game, ended up staying up with Cody at that place, which I ended up, you know, rooming with him at later on. But, yeah, I remember going to that game thinking it was going to be good because I think it was like yeah. 14 nothing, and then Tavon ran a kickback. And then after that, we were never close. And it was like they were killing us. Colin Klein. Colin Klein at quarterback. Yeah, Colin Klein. Yep. That TCU – or, I mean, uh, no. No, I'm thinking of the right team. Kansas State, uh, yeah. Tyler Lockett. I remember he was going Ka- off Ta- on a Colin Klein and Tyler Lockett, yep. Yeah, yeah but that combo. Which it's funny because, you know, Tyler Lockett's been in the NFL, Seahawks balling for, for a while now. And Colin Klein is you know, Kansas State's offensive coordinator now. And look at them balling with him as their offensive coordinator. Yep. It's funny how the thing – you know, it's funny how the things you grow up watching come full circle. You know what I mean? It does. It's, it's crazy it does, that we man. have Graham Harrell as our f- offensive coordinator right now. Right. <laughs> I would have never know, thought, I mean, like, you know, watching that back in the day on TV. 
I remember watching him on SportsCenter all the time. I remember the – I mean, everybody remembers that play with him and Michael Crabtree, you know, on the sideline against Texas. But that – you know, I remember that very, very well. It's just yep. – I don't know. It's kind of surreal. Vividly. It is. It is surreal because you just never would have thought, you know, I'm going to be seeing this guy on the sidelines running the Mountaineers offense. Well, I guess he's in the press box, but you know what I mean. Right, right. <laughs> Either way, but I guess we've uh we've gone off the rails, you know, far enough. Um, so we can we can talk a little bit about this uh TCU preview. I guess let's start uh, on the side that probably we'll have the least to say about, and that's the West Virginia defense going up against the TCU offense. I mean this TCU offense been one of the best in the country all season. Garrett Riley, brother of Lincoln Riley, is running it, doing a great job under first-year head coach Sonny Dykes. Max Duggan took over at quarterback. Chandler Murray – I mean, not Chandler Murray, excuse me. Chandler Morris, the transfer uh, from Oklahoma, I believe is where he came from, actually won their starting job to start the season. He ends up going out, Max Duggan takes over, and that's – I mean, I think the offense even took off even more when Duggan took back over, and it's a different Max Duggan than what we've seen in the past. You know, in the past you knew that he had the speed and hurt you with his feet, but his passing has really been on point this season, already almost 2,000 yards. The running back, Kendrell Miller, has been one of the best in the country as well. They've been running the football well, passing the football well. And then wide receiver, they have an NFL talent, Quentin Johnston, underrated, maybe the best in the conference, one of the best receivers in college football, in my opinion. You've seen him have multiple 200-yard games in, in, throughout his career with, you know, 15 catches, games like that, just insane things. And they can just feed him, and they have weapons all around. Darius Davis is super fast. He helps them on special teams, but he's in the slot on offense, and if he catches it in space, he can burn you as well. So that being said, you know, I could – that's enough – you know, that's just a little – two-minute spiel about the TCU offense, and you can tell how dangerous it is. That being said, we'll say, do, we, can we, do we have to keep going? Earlier. Right, right. This hurts. <laughs> that with the injury information earlier, do you see the Mountaineers being able to come up with any type of plan defensively to slow this TCU offense down at all or at least force some turnovers this time? I don't know. Mountaineer magic on – you know, it's at home on homecoming. I mean, it's in Morgantown on homecoming. I don't know, Stephen. I re- I just I really don't know. I mean, I, I'm I, I want to tell you that West Virginia is going to be competitive, but my true gut feeling feels like they're just going to come out and lay over because you know half of our rosters on you know game time decision or not being able to dress. So I don't, it's really hard to tell and gauge this team right now because last week's performance was one of the one of the lowest efforts I've ever ever seen in my life and watching division one football so uh, i think if we come out and we show some effort and you know we catch lightning in a bottle at at a certain point between you know late in the second quarter somewhere between late in the second quarter to the beginning of the fourth quarter because if you don't at that point or at least keep it within a close game you're not going to have a chance not against this offense not with the way this defense is played. I agree. I mean, I don't – I don't. I was going to say, I really don't know what else to add except, you know, for what you just said. I think we pretty much touched on the basis of, you know, the Mountaineer defense versus TCU offense. They've got their work cut out for them. This is – you know, we've seen this defense struggle, and this is the toughest offense they've faced yet. God, I hope the, the Mountaineer crowd shows up on Saturday, which – who knows what that's going to look like? Hopefully, people will show yeah. up this time because you know you got a top ten team coming. Fingers crossed they do because that's the one thing the Mountaineers maybe can you know hopefully rely on is a loud crowd. Maybe get them rattled a little bit or something because, like you said, I just don't know what else to rely on at this point <laughs> with this defense. So, well, I'll I'll go ahead and take that as a you know a jump into what my key to victory is. I'll go ahead and give it to you early. Okay. It's not from the team. I think that the uh, the crowd engagement will will play a major factor in the key to victory. I think this. I don't mean to be so pessimistic, but I think that's honestly the only chance we really have of be having an upset is just having not really so much the crowd, but the the advantage of playing at home and right. having a loud crowd. So hopefully they do show up. I yeah, will be there. Hopefully, 
hopefully. Go go to the game if you have the opportunity, Mountaineer Nation. Do it. Yes, I know things are down now, but you know we still got to root on root the Mountaineers on. And who knows, you could you could be the difference. You never know. To whenever we do win the national championship one day, be able to you man, I was there in 2022. We wasn't winning nothing. So yeah, a little fake fans that just nothing. came out of the woodwork. And TCU was running all up and down the field, and I stayed off. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm just kidding. They may not. I'm just kidding. And I stayed off for it. Well, I paid, I stayed for a quarter and a half. <laughs> no, hopefully not. Hopefully not. It's jokes. It's jokes, guys. We're just it's kidding. Jokes. We we got we got faith. It's just the Mountaineers are have had a you know tough time on defense, and then they've got a lot of injuries on that defense that they've struggled with going up against one of the toughest offenses in the country so we're hopeful but we don't want to be naive either so you know just joking around but uh having said that let's flip it over to the other side where the Mountaineers may have a chance hopefully as long as they don't you know make the performance that they put on against Texas Tech become the norm and that is the Mountaineer offense against the TCU defense that's where TCU has struggled a bit more this season is defensively so, what do you think here, Stephen? Do you think the Mountaineers got a chance to turn it around? I know they're going to be missing Tony Mathis, possibly Justin Johnson, missing James Committer on the offensive line. But do you think they still have enough to be able to make some plays and at least maybe make this a shootout with TCU and stay in this game? Mm, I think offensively, I think you may still have enough weapons um, to be able to at least make it competitive. Like I said, you got to show some effort this week because what I, you know, our, our leaders last week didn't show effort. You know, I seen Bryce Fort Wheaton give up on, on passes, Sam James give up on passes. Um, you know, there's some bad things that I can say about JT Daniels as high and as positive as high up and as positive as I've been on him. Uh, they're, they're capable. They, you know, that, that's one of the most unpredictable offenses that I've seen in the last couple of years. You really don't know what they're going to play like from week to week. Right. I agree. But you've seen some explosives. Yeah. And they, well, they can hurt you, you know, in different ways, you know. So potentially, yeah. hopefully, if if the running game is working, we'll see what, you know, what happens. But I don't know. That's the, that's the one thing that worries me is we saw West Virginia last week struggle to run the football for, you know, like the second time all season. And TCU does have uh, some good defensive linemen. That's one thing they do have, despite, you know, how they struggled on defense. And with West Virginia having at least one offensive lineman out, potentially two, and at least one running back out and potentially two, and going to be playing C.J. Donaldson a lot more than he's used to, and as well as a, a new face getting into the mix in Jalen Anderson, I worry that the Mountaineers won't be able to run the football and if the Mountaineers aren't able to run the football, I don't know if this is a team that if you make one-dimensional, we can beat you because we haven't shown that. Um, you know, our our passing game is good as far as JT Daniels minus the Texas Tech game has been pretty accurate for the most part. But our wide receivers haven't shown the ability to get separation all season, really, especially against man coverage. Texas Tech killed us with it. Pitt did as well. So, I don't know. I'm a little worried if TCU can make us one-dimensional and force us to have to pass the ball a lot, and I kind of worry about – our ability to run the football. But I think if we do find a way to run the football, maybe we see C.J. Donaldson, you know, do some things that he did early in the season and show that he is still that special player that we thought he was. That can make a difference because I think if the Mountaineers can run the football, they've got a chance to make this a shootout and at least maybe keep it close. Yeah. Like I said, I think that they have all the opportunity and ability in the world to keep it a close a close game because you get a noon kickoff, you know, you get – I think that a lot of people think that that's a positive for this weekend, you know, because no, yeah. I don't think a lot of people would really show up. It was a night game. I, I don't really know why I feel like that, but I just feel like with the way the team's playing right now, I think a noon kickoff would be, I don't know, maybe not for students, but for, for the other people. Right. But uh, I don't know. I really don't have a whole lot positive to say about this weekend, to be honest with you. I'm just – I'm trying to wait for next week when we can talk about hoops. <laughs> this team, I understand. until they show I me, I just can't believe in anything that they're doing. It's, it's tough right now. So, I mean, I'm right there. I'm right there with you. But, you know, like I said, we're going to watch 
every second of it and and hope for the best. And like we said, we think if the Mountaineers' offense can perform, they got a chance to keep it close. But let's find out just how close we think the Mountaineers may or may not be able to keep it as we transition into our final segment here this week, our key to victory and score predictions for the game against TCU. All right, Stephen. I know you gave us a little brief, brief glimpse of your key to victory, so I'll let you kick it off here. Uh, you said what your key to victory is, the crowd, basically, and score prediction is? It's not pretty, man. <laughs> it's, it's not pretty Let me ask all. you this. I think I think right now, while we're recording, TCU's favored by seven and a half. You've got them covering, I'm guessing, then, in that case. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's lay it on me. Lay it on me. I'm ready. Man, I, I... – I hate it, but I'm picking TCU 42, West Virginia 21. Dude, don't stop. Stop. Yep. My my phone died, or I was going to literally pull up my notes where I had it wrote down. That's 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 the same prediction I picked. <laughs> no way. I swear, my phone died while we were recording here. I was just going to pull it up. Well, if that sure. turns out to be the score. <laughs> I mean, we, we'll both play. play the lottery together. We need to go just play spot. Place bets on uh, DraftKings. Yeah, we'll just hit a bunch of parlays, like and like take our chances right now. We're hot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's I, crazy. Yeah, I, so I agree. So we're both picking a forty-two to twenty-one loss, unfortunately. So yep. we do got TCU covering, which I don't know why the line's only seven. I guess they have a lot of faith in Mountaineer Field, as we all do. But um, you know, like I said, maybe there's Vegas is seeing something we're not. Who knows? Hopefully, the Mountaineers keep it closer than we have it at a three touchdown uh, margin, but. We both got it 42-21. Steven's key to victory is the crowd. My key to victory, uh, run the football, you know, run the run game. I think last week I talked about ball control. I think this week you're going to want something similar, but you got to be able to run the football to do that. So last week the Mountaineers couldn't do it. So my key to victory this week is you got to be able to run the football a little bit if you want to keep it close. A little bit a little bit worried about the Mountaineers' ability to do that, so that's why I got them taking the loss 42-21, to as does Steven. So. There it is, key to victory and score predictions. We will get ready to wrap it up here on Season 5, Episode 144 of the CRW Pod momentarily. But before we do, I want to remind you guys that are tuning in here, whether you're tuning in to the video version on the Country Roads webcast channel or on the WV Sports Now channel that you can find there on WVSportsNow.com where you can now find us as we are a part of their podcast network there on the Sports Now family networks and super appreciative of them. Whichever uh, version of the video version there you're tuning into on YouTube, we appreciate you doing so. While you're in here, before you head out, would you scroll down, hit that thumbs up, give us that like. That'll help this video's performance and future video's performances as well. And if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Helps us, helps you, helps get more of this Mountaineer football content out to Mountaineer Nation. And if you're listening on the audio side, you can find us on any podcast platform you like. But if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, do us a favor and leave us a rating. That really helps us there. But before we get out of here, Stephen, I guess, you know, we've talked a little off-topic babble. We even talked a little Mountaineer basketball here and there. And then, of course, briefly previewed this matchup before giving some of our predictions, which we actually both share, shockingly. Promise we didn't talk about that beforehand. But having yeah, said that. absolutely unplanned. No, no, absolutely completely unplanned. Any other uh, thing you want to touch on, any topics that we missed, uh, any final thoughts of anything uh, before we close out this episode of the CRW Pod? When does West Virginia rifles start? Hey, that's what we need to be looking into. Hey, I think that uh, I think we could be like the revolutionaries of getting you know to a hype stage. What if like in the future that's what everybody like? We built a big, huge stadium for West Virginia rifle, and we're like we're like the Bama of you know the country. I mean, I mean we kind of. I mean, we are. We just, it just doesn't have that. We just got to get the following up. That's all we got to do. Yeah. We're That's already true. a dynasty. We're already a dynasty of of rifle. We just got to get the That's following right. of rifle to where we have sixty thousand people in a stadium watching us win a rifle national championship, and everyone is yep. talking about on their podcast rifle and not Mountaineer football. And then yep. we'll all be super happy. And then we'll all be happy people, and we'll <laughs> all live happy lives, and everything will be great. I think. I think we can do it. It's. It's not. It's not that far of a pipe dream man i don't know the first thing about rifle i know how to shoot one i've shot one time score. 
don't know how to get yeah. scored off. I was about to say, I would like to uh, check that out and learn the scoring system and stuff and figure it out and everything because that is something I could cheer in that I know we're probably going to win in. So at least, you know, that's one thing. Well, you know, maybe we should try to find people at WVU to give us lessons. Hey, you never Those know. World-class Olympians, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, I guess there is one one little uh, talking point we could we could bring up if you would like to touch on it. Some there's some rumors uh, swirling around the past couple of days. Have you uh, have you seen these rumors? I have seen these rumors. And well, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what to make of them because you know some sources I was like I don't know about that, but then when I read into those sources, I was like that is interesting what they found. And then I've seen it from you know more what I would say heard it from more reliable sources that I trust that being Coos for one, you know, he's said he's heard it from some other people. And then it was also on the two, four, seven, you know, pay board as well. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's one of those things almost that makes you think, you know, what they say, the old saying is, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. So who knows, but I don't know, man, it's, it's, it's interesting because that's one side of the coin and then the other side of the coin that I've been hearing is that there's no chance that there will be a new coach on the sidelines in Morgantown next season. I know somebody said even Greg Hunter said that that's what he thought on Sportsline. So I don't know. It's There's two camps right now. There's the camp of Neil Brown's going to still be West Virginia's coach in 2023 no matter what. And then there's this camp that's hearing, you know, that seems to be a larger camp that's hearing these rumors, you know, from multiple sources about – uh a uh, man whose name rhymes with uh, Shmoosh Mees. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. The guy, Blue Knees. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. Fru Hees. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I don't know. I, I don't, know. I really don't know what camp to be. I, I obviously think that we should go in a different direction by this point because our team. I mean, were we tank? We don't get draft picks. Why are we tanking? Because I mean, mm. that's obviously what what happened last week at Texas Tech. There was absolutely no effort for for all of the storylines that that played into that game. And so, I I think we should go in a different direction. I obviously, I honestly don't know that much about Hugh Freeze uh, other than what me and you have talked about. You know, you know, right. off air and everything. Uh, so I need to learn a little bit more about him to get a better idea. But, I, you know, I also, you know, I think too often in these coaching searches that people go for a guy too early, which I, I get it. You got to get a guy on the sidelines. You got to have him there to build, you know, quote unquote culture and, and things of that nature and get his, his system in place and everything. But you, I don't, want it to be a rushed process for West Virginia because I think that this this next hire, as important as a, of a hire as Neil Brown was, the next hire I think is going to be the most crucial in the history of WVU football because I've said it multiple times. We are in a very pivotal part, a very pivotal time, I'm sorry, in, in college athletics as a whole, not just football. Uh, so I think that these next – at least five to ten years are going to be very at least or I should say five to five six seven years are going to be very crucial mm-hmm. yeah well said definitely this is where you want to get it together you got to start winning and start winning quick so you got to hope that maybe you hit this higher and you can turn it around in a, like two years you know you gotta you gotta have that quick turnaround this time with this hire so you really need to nail it if you are going to go that way but uh follow-up question so I'm guessing you're thinking in in your opinion it's probably the Hugh Freeze rumor is more likely to be true, in your opinion, than you think the people that are saying Neil Brown will be West Virginia's coach in 2023. So, which is more likely to you, the Hugh Freeze rumor comes true or Neil Brown's West Virginia's coach in 2023? I think or that neither. if West Virginia – man, see, that, that's, that's something I, I'm not too confident on either side of that either because yeah. – West Virginia just doesn't seem like they're too confident in wanting to get rid of him. They're still, I think, they believe that he can turn it around next season as bad as this season's gone. I, I don't – you don't hear a lot from our athletic department, which is mm-hmm. – it, it's worrisome to a point. Well, because 
Here's the thing, though, that you that like just looking at it, like if I, if I was to take a step back, because I know right now we're kind of like worried if it continues this way, what if they don't? But we do got to remember Shane Lyons did come out with a statement, you know, that was pretty much like almost read to me get like a warning to Neil Brown, get it together. Or, yeah. So if after said statement, you, you know, only win like one more game and we don't win anymore, then to me, you know, even though it feels like they may not do something at that point, how can you not? Yeah, and I think that, you know, obviously the the elephant in the room is the contract buyout. You know, they don't want to pay that much money to to for him to not be on the sideline. And so right. you want to obviously wait as long as possible to get that buyout down. But can West Virginia afford one more year? I mean, how will you – think about that. You're going to have to go and get a perfect – the perfect hire if it doesn't work out which is most likely the case. You're going to have to go and get the most perfect hire, which, you know, who who's going to be in the coaching carousel next year? West Virginia doesn't know, you know. No one knows. Right. So, I mean, I think you're better off, in my opinion. I think we're naive as Mountaineer fans. I know that we're not the most illustrious or profitable program in the country, but I think that West Virginia does have money to play with since joining this conference. and not play with isn't the right word, but money to work with, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that they need to put their money in a little bit more strategic places, you know? Yeah. I'm a, I'm a little bit on the fence, like as far, I don't, I don't really know. I don't want to pretend to know what's going to happen in the future, but I definitely am always intrigued by the rumors, like, especially like coaching searches yeah. and stuff like that. Once it starts going down, I'll be on, the football scoop website every day, seeing you know who we're targeting for this position, coach that position, coach and stuff. If it ever does go down, that being said, one thing I will say about the whole situation is I know Shane Lyons has taken a lot of flack, and I don't think that's for the hiring of Neil Brown. Obviously, everyone thought that was a home run. It's for the extension. Everyone felt like it was maybe too early at the time. That might be proven to be true, and that's why you're in the situation you are for the buyout. And some people are on Shane Lines because of that. I think if you're Shane Lines in this athletic department, the one way you can turn that around and save face and really reunite the fan base, get them behind you, behind this program all at once again, is that if you were to do a move like this where you go out and you already have secured this coach that has power five level experience, and, you know, in a guy, let's say, you know, like like the rumor, rumor guy and you freeze, but maybe you know, anyone else, they could, you know, could do it with someone else. The most way to impress and reunite the fan base would be to do that, move Neil Brown out, do it all swiftly, you know, behind the scenes without anybody really really knowing, and you already have it locked down to the point where you got a deal in place, don't even have to do a coaching search, smooth transition. He takes over early in the season, and that would really impress me and probably impress a lot of Mountaineer Nation if they were going to do it and do it that way. You know, that's one way they could get people back behind them in the athletic department as well, I think. That's the one thing I'll say about it. I absolutely agree. And I think a, a lot of that reminds me of how they handled the Graham Harrell search. I mean, no one, absolutely mm-hmm. no one knew that they were going after Graham Harrell until he until he was announced as the offensive coordinator in the offseason, yeah. to my knowledge. Uh, so true. so it it does it definitely does seem that that's the style of this administration. Uh, of course, you know, that's the coaching staff going after Graham Harrell and not the you know, the athletic department, but right. you know, even still they 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 seem to work in a more secretive manner in term in, in those types of deals. Um, I've, I've noticed that over the years myself, but I, I agree. I think that including the media and the fans and everything in the coaching search, that skews things. I think that, you know, whether it's intended or not, I think that that always forms a bias around someone, you know what I mean? It's a positive in some, in some, cases because like you know you have a fan base rally around a guy and then you like with us everyone loved neil brown when he first touched down in morgantown there wasn't a fan that was you know upset with the hire and in my opinion and my to my knowledge anyway uh so yeah that just shows you how skewed it can get i think you need to do your research find out if like you said, if he can win on our level and not on a lower level with just a few wins against top programs here and there, I get it. That that's you. You can catch it in rare cases, I guess, because some people have went on to be great coaches after doing that. But 
I think that we need a little bit more on the resume for the next guy. I think so too. I think so. And that's why, you know, speaking of, you know, Hugh, the one thing that really did, you know, cause I was kind of, when I first heard, I was like, nah, not at all. And then the more I looked into it, you know, his record's good, stuff like that and everything. But the one thing that really made me be like, okay, I'd get behind this if they were really going to do this and go and do something like this is because when you look at all the coaches West Virginia's hired in the past, it's always been, you know, up-and-coming assistant coaches, you know, position coaches, um, or head the head. if they hired a head coach, it would be from a lower-level school, you right. know, or, you know. Even Don Nealon was from a – Right, even Don Nealon. And, you know, he wasn't even – you know, he was like an assistant coach. He had been a head coach before. Right. You know, Rich Rod was a head coach at Glenville and, you know, programs like that on his way up. And then even Dana, you know, that was a coordinator, and most of our hires have been like coordinators, things like that. And Neil was like actually the first, you know, head sitting head coach they had hired in like over 50 years, and that was from you know Group of Five. So if they were to go out and hire a coach like you that has power experience, being an actual Power Five level head coach, that would really be huge for West Virginia if you think about it, because they've really hardly ever done that. Hired a coach that's been a head coach already at a Power Five at the Power Five level. Yeah, and that's, I mean, when you put it like that, I honestly, you know, never have really sit down and thought about it that way. But, you know, that would be a, a monstrous hire in that, in that fact, I guess. So, yeah, yeah that, got, that got me excited just thinking about it like that. Yeah. That being said, we're not, that being said, we're not claiming to know anything. We're not claiming to say Neil Brown's gone. We're not claiming to say anybody's on their way in. We're just speculating on rumors. You know, it's podcast. That's what's fun to do is speculate on the news and rumors and just, talk about it and that's all we're doing just having a little conversation and kind of giving our opinions a little bit but let us know in the comments what you guys think about it about the rumors about this matchup with tcu drop your score predictions in the comments if you like really appreciate you guys tuning in here on the video side of season five episode 144 of the crw podcast our tcu preview and predictions edition and if you listen on the audio side as well we appreciate you there on any podcast platform you're tuned into and if you're on apple Podcasts, leave us a rating before you get done listening that will really help us out and on the video side before you head out whether you're on our channel or the wv sports now channel found there at wvsportsnow.com give this video a like and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already having said that as always i'm jordan cruz for steven until next time let's go if you really want to know, then come on, let's go. Take a stroll down those...